good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are. Welcome to Branding Bud Live, the live stream that's 100% THC, 0% WTF. Every week we bring business people to talk about the business of cannabis. I'm David Palaszczuk, the founder of the Branding Bud Consulting Group, author of Branding Bud, the commercialization of cannabis, the first book on cannabis branding. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Adriana Hemans, the director of marketing at Green Meadows, and my BCF, best cannabis friend. Hey, Adriana, how are you? Woohoo! I am so good. It's lovely to see you and lovely to see those beautiful red flowers in your background. Here you go. Fresh flowers every week. I love it. I'm into it. Um, I see some people trickling into the audience. So I want to just remind everyone that this show is very much interactive. Make this chat your chat. Say hi, start a conversation. We want to hear from you. Um, and feel free to drop in a question because we're covering some really uh, exceptional topics, particularly for marketing folks. And I know there's some marketing folks out there in the crowd with us today. That's right. We've got a really great show. Our guest is uh, a marketing online marketing expert, especially in the cannabis space, Guillermo Bravo. So we're super excited about that. As always, every Thursday, I'm grateful. I take a minute to talk about how grateful I am for the things that are going on. And I just want to call out a few things. One, I'm grateful to uh, you, Adriana, as always, you know, for being my co-host. I super appreciative of that. And um, I'm also grateful for our sponsors. Our sponsors are High Hopes and they're a creative agency. They've been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years. Uh, they recently won a Clio Award. So congratulations to them on that. And um, they basically work on marketing, packaging, SEO, websites, um, and they feel our pain. And I know we're going to talk about some of that today. So um, if you can, if you will, please check out High Hopes at I'vegothigherhopes.com. I'd also like to throw out Adriana and I just put out a couple of different um, EDU courses. Uh, one is called the 14 Cannabis Brand Archetypes. The other is called Creating a Meaningful Brand, where we talk about the four pillars of a meaningful brand, um, which is pretty interesting. We've gotten some really great reviews, so check that out on brandingbud.com. We'll put out the link shortly uh, to help you get over to it if you're interested. Um, and then lastly, uh, but not least, I'm really excited that we've got Guillermo Bravo, the CEO of Ecomara. Um, Guillermo has been in the industry for uh, as long as I can remember and has been helping many, many brands in the cannabis space do what they need to do um you know to stay within uh, the rules and regulations of online marketing so with that i am super excited to bring out guillermo before we do some of the quick questions we're going to be touching upon are how crucial is online marketing in establishing a successful cannabis brand what are the primary challenges in implementing digital strategies for cannabis and how can dispensaries optimize seo strategies along the same lines so with that why don't we bring out our guest guillermo bravo Hello. Hi, David. Hi, Adrian. How are you? Hey, Adriana, how are you? I am good. Good to see you again. I feel like it's been a minute. I think the last time I saw you was in New York for MJ Unpacked, which feels like a century ago. I know. Time flies in this industry, but it's, uh, what do they say? It's like dog years. So you've been in, uh, we've been in here uh, for a few years. It's, uh, you know, we're basically teenagers or, yeah, older by now. Yeah, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> Can we make that happen? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Guillermo. What do you passionate? Yeah, a little bit about myself. You know, I'm passionate about three things: uh, marketing, cannabis, and music. Uh, and these have been these have been passions of mine since my teenage years. So, 
you know, my journey into the world of music began when I was 14 years old, learning to DJ with my uncle. Uh, and that really introduced me to marketing. So I leveraged my space at that time for event marketing automation to promote my events. So that was my real introduction into marketing. Uh, so that dates me a little bit <laughs> with the MySpace reference. Uh, but as far as cannabis, you know, a, a turning point for me was when a good friend of mine was uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor and given a year to live. And I saw the healing properties of RSO, our, uh, Rick Simpson oil. And that really just opened my up uh, past the recreational uh, uses of cannabis and more into the medicinal benefits. And, you know, thankfully she's still with us today and she is running, uh, helping run a cannabis store in Santa Rosa, my hometown. And I'm just so thankful for that. And that's really brought me to my mission to make cannabis accessible to everyone that needs it. Love a happy uh, ending. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, in, in regards to marketing, uh, I've been doing SEO since, uh, I mean, for about 16 years now, I uh, got my start into cannabis in the media side. So I started a publication to just learn about the different movers and shakers in the space. And then at that point, decided to start a marketing agency called Foot Traffic, uh, which focused on SEO and then moved on to paid ads, programmatic, and then sold that to MediaGel. And then now I'm here again with my new company, Ecomata, which is focused on e-commerce marketing. So that's kind of the full circle of everything uh, on my past. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. And it's great that uh, I love to see when people's history, they leverage their history into new yeah. things, right? And their knowledge, and that's really yeah. important. So um, Guillermo, um, I didn't mention either up front. Yeah. I just love your name. Guillermo Bravo is like the best name. <laughs> just, uh, thank you. <laughs> I have to, I have to, uh, you know, honor it. You know, I have some legends in the in the media space with my my first name at least. So Guillermo del Toro and a couple others. So I have to uh, make them proud. <laughs> is that your DJ name too, Guillermo? Yeah, Guillermo Bravo. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's William Brave in English. Um, so yeah, that's a cool name. Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Let's let's jump in. So, you know, my first question, Guillermo, is, you know, how crucial, how critical is online marketing to a cannabis brand? Um, I'll leave it there. That's a that's a big that's a lot to chew right there. Yeah, I'd say it's really crucial. Uh, you know, online marketing allows cannabis brands to to reach global audiences beyond the traditional geographical boundaries, right? So it can be more cost effective as some of these digital advertising platforms often allow for precise budget control for, you know, reaching, engaging with the right target audience. Uh, and then, you know, it's really important to reach people where they are and, you know, everyone's on this every day. Uh, so making sure that, you know, you're present on uh, cell phones, on TV, on tablets and whatnot, and, you're having conversations with people where they are. Um, that's going to be primarily on social media nowadays. So, you know, it's a it's a key component. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the intricacies of online marketing. Um, but you know, I would say it's from the start. It's it's crucial, and you know, it's only it only works really if you know the brand 
the product fit and you know everything just everything has to work for this to be successful you can't uh as they say you can't put uh, lipstick on a pig right so <laughs> sure you can yeah <laughs> meeting people where they are i just want to say hi to the beautiful people who are here in our chat um hi karen hi brianna the ebony hempress that's such a cool name and hi tori thanks for joining us tori from dc yeah where's everyone dialing in from today I'm, I'm in california david where are you today i'm in seattle okay awesome right on and adrian is, is in la yeah um, you know guillermo i have a quick follow-up you know yeah adriana and i we we often joke about a lot of things but one of the <laughs> one of the terms we often joke about is you know meeting people where they are meeting customers where they are um yep. you know and um that said you know you picked up your phone and it's interesting because yes, that's where people are. But the one thing I'm curious about too, when it comes to online marketing, especially within cannabis, right? Because cannabis is very geo-specific. You know, mm -hmm. if, there's a, if there's a brand that is in um, Seattle, Washington, yeah. um, they can only sell really within Washington unless they're a multi-state operator. So, you know, often I've heard brands say, hey, we've got a million followers. And my follow-up is great. How many of them are in the state that you're actually selling? Um, you know, so, so can you just talk a moment for that in terms of like geographic, geolocation, and how important that is to, uh, you know, maybe use other forms like, um, you know, like geofencing or things like that, which really locks people into a specific ge geographic location. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always like to ask people, would you like to be rich or popular? Um, so it's nice to be popular with the 100,000 followers, but if they're not relevant and they don't actually convert to customers, they're I'm pretty much worthless as far as, you know, besides your ego at that point. Uh, so when it comes to uh, reaching the audience where they are, the first thing is you, you should really look at your business. Okay. I'm a cannabis brand in Washington. Boom. My first restrictions are the borders of the state. So I shouldn't focus any of my efforts outside of that. <clears throat> uh, with advertising tools, you can choose the demographics. So in Google, you can just say Washington state only, or just choose a uh, city. So Seattle <clears throat> or a radius you're within the borders of your state, you should be fine. The same goes for Facebook and Instagram or programmatic advertising, like any advertising channels, you can choose uh, where you're advertising. <clears throat> Organically, you can't. So those followers are going to come like, wherever they see you. They may be in New York, LA, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, and they like your brand and they like your message and what you're about. They might not buy from you today, tomorrow, next year even, but when I visit Seattle, I'm going to think about David's brand and I'm going to seek that when I'm in Seattle. So it's not, you know, you have to think about the marketing and like what your goals are. So if, you know, if your goal is just for people to know who you are, that's fantastic. Then social media and gaining followers is a perfect fit. Like you just want visibility. But if you're really trying to drive sales, then you need to drive customer action and you, you can't promote the sale and use of cannabis on uh, social media organically or else they'll shut your profile down. So there's some restrictions you need to take 
into account when when engaging in these different uh, marketing channels. And yeah, there's nowadays it's really easy to choose your audience and choose the targeting. You know, even if you're not doing digital billboards, if it's a one one or two miles within the store, it's still effective. You know, it just has to be in the right place. So. I love how we have, so we're, we're talking about geolocation. We have people dialing in from literally all over the world right now, which I totally love. It <laughs> is in Uruguay. Sarah's in Serbia. We have a couple of my neighbors in LA and Malibu and Michelle's in Arizona. This is cool. I love having people from all over the place and so many different diverse perspectives. It's cool. Absolutely. Can't forget Ohio either. <laughs> Can't forget it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us a little bit more, uh, Guillermo, about what strategies you have for like optimizing your visibility and and driving sales, which I'm sure is something on everybody's mind here. Who I'm sure our audience is either working for a brand or has their own brand, and and this is like probably top of mind every day for them. Yeah, I mean, it's I, before we talk uh, talk about the marketing channels, I'd like to kind of take a step back and. Mm -hmm really address some of the challenges that uh, cannabis brands have in the space. And, you know, the first one is tracking. Uh, so having you know, difficulty in tracking and attributing sales across multiple marketing channels has been a challenge, you know, in understanding the full customer journey. Uh, so making sure that you have the tracking in place before you do anything. And I mean, I don't need to go into all the constraints with uh, factors like you know, taxes, 280E, uh, the slim margins, but you know you do have to be realistic on the goals of your campaign, uh, the expectations. You need to hit a certain return on investment to to really make some of these channels worth it. So just being aware of that before you continue. Um, then, as far as the channels, <clears throat> you know, there's there's a lot of ways that you can get reach for your your dispensary, and I would start with your website. Uh, so your website is your, you know, that's your business plan. I mean, that's your, um, that's your business card, right? So that's how you are presenting yourself online. So ensure that the website, uh, you, uh, you do keyword research and ensure that these different keywords, like the word dispensary is in your title tag description and headers. Uh, you need to make sure that the website is mobile first and mobile friendly. So, you know, everyone's on their phone. It's something like 80% of e-commerce dispensary visitors are on their mobile device. So make sure that you uh, make, make it fast and easy to use. And then uh, your, your website also has the most important thing, which is your menu, right? And when I, when I talk about cannabis retail, you really have to think about it as e-commerce companies and retail brick and mortar companies. So, you know, you have to, you have to uh, position your business that way. And to do so, you need to make sure that your website and your menu is indexable by search engines. You need to provide the most information, pictures, details, ingredients, uh, the strain, you know, the sources, the everything, everything that a customer needs to shop for cannabis. They should be able to see it on your website. They should be able to get that information about the products, about the dosing, everything. Um, so if you're not doing that, then you're not, you're not, 
you're not providing the best experience for customers. Like, do you go into a store and shop for clothes and they don't have the sizes? No, like it's like the right colors. No, if everything's there front and center. So make it really, really easy for your customers to shop. Yeah, they need info. Yeah, yeah. And then beyond that, uh, Google Business Profile has been one of the most effective platforms to advertise a dispensary. Um, you know, it's not even advertising, it's marketing. Uh, so putting your keyword in the description, putting uh, keywords in the different Q&A sections, make sure that you're filling up your profile with pictures, videos, a Google 360 view, and just making sure that people can almost get the experience of visiting the store from their phone. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, it's really powerful. And then, you know, just ensuring that you have a presence on all the different local directories, you know, the Google, Yelp, Bing, Weed Maps, Leafly, and then you can you continue to build your trust and authority uh, with Google, but just with your brand. Uh, so with the emergence of AI and the, you know, the natural language models and kind of how they're processing everything, giving credit to creators, you really need to establish, establish yourself as a, as a leader and create unique content that can't be plagiarized and that it's really your unique position on, on this, on, you know, this subject. And you need to do the same thing with cannabis. Uh, so you need to share your expertise, whether it be the strains, whether it be uh, the usage, uh, compliance, all these factors come into play. And then you want to share all that content on social media. So social media is definitely where customers are. It's, you know, it's uh, you want to engage with it. You want to grow your followers, but you know that you don't own the platform. So you have to kind of tread lightly. It's the unfortunate position that we're in in cannabis, uh, where some of these uh, public companies, you know, regulate us unfairly, you know, due to uh, the federal restrictions or just, you know, their own business uh, values. Yeah. So. I know it's so sad. I'm trying to look for cannabis content on TikTok. I have to use all these weird code words like gardening and it's impossible <laughs> to find anything. <laughs> Is that ever going to change? I hope so. Yeah. And I'm in that same language crosses over to like when I was in New York, they have a whole uh, kind of a trap language to use to shop at underground stores. So it's different. Glossary. What do you say? Yeah. I mean, it's like cafe. It's, I mean, there's all these different ways that they're labeling it, but that's how you find the, you know, the legacy markets in New York. You know, Guillermo, it, it, um, I mean, we've kind of, we've been crossing back and forth between, uh, you know, conversations about online marketing for brands yeah. and, and then for dispensaries. I, I know you just touched upon, you know, dispensaries more with the menu. Is, is there a different approach, you know, a, a brand versus, versus a, a, a dispensary? No, definitely. Um, there's a lot of differences in the campaigns because they have different goals. Right. So a retailer is looking to drive sales in store or online. A brand is looking to increase their awareness and drive demand of their product so that either you'll visit a store or you'll visit their website and find a store to purchase it. Uh, so, you know, the retail side is direct to consumer. And I would say that the brand side, it is direct to consumer for awareness, but you really need to pair that with being aggressive and really 
um, approaching the retailers and making bun tenders your best friend and making them your ambassadors and really participating uh, in person, you know, through vendor days, through the community. Uh, it's just a different approach. You know, if, if I were a brand in any state, the first thing I would do is uh, number one, get into as many stores as possible and then activate my brand in those stores. So hire people, train them on your language, on the, the usage around your type of product, whether it's a flower product, edibles uh, or vape, et cetera, and be active there and don't depend on retailers to help you build your brand. So do it yourself, invest in advertising yourself and build your own customer list. I've been talking about this for five plus years. I don't, I don't understand why brands don't just build their own list. Like if I was, um, <clears throat> you know, if I was cookies, oh, cookies is not a good example. Cookies does have a list. Uh, but if I was a, you know, ABC brand and I, I'm in a thousand stores, every time that I participate in a vendor day, I should have an iPad at that store. And I should be building my own list because I can use that for email. I can use that to import into advertising. Uh, if they opt in, I can text message them or send push notifications. So there's, there's so, so many ways for brands to build their presence in their own community. Uh, and there's, there's some great brands that are doing it. Um, but you can really see that X factor when they, everything is working together. I mean, you can see it with, Jeter, Stizzy, any of these brands that just kind of took over the market in yeah, the specific absolutely. category. Yeah. <clears throat> I see uh, some folks also share a little bit of frustration with getting censored on social media platforms. So yeah. I want to read a couple comments because I think they're amazing. Uh, TikTok is the worst. And Tori said, we use the term a weed spelled O-U-I-D. I love that. Uh, if you have other funny terms or interesting terms or ways to get around the sensors that you use on social media, please drop them in because I really want to uh, talk about that and or steal your ideas. Sorry. Uh, I want to show a really quick just a photo before we jump into our audience participation. This was uh, pulled obviously from just a regular Google search, but it shows that your post has been deleted, which I laugh about this when I saw it. This is such a common thing that we're always seeing like when we're on an Instagram account, typically this happens to me all the time. Our accounts are getting flagged, our posts are getting deleted. It's just so frustrating. So I love what you were just saying, Guillermo, about building your own list and going directly after consumers yourself versus relying on platforms. Although obviously we still have to do a little bit of that too. But um, I'm gonna just go into our audience participation and maybe just zoom all the way out really because we're talking about um, you know how consumers make decisions ultimately right it's about what are we going to listen to where are we going to go where are we going to find information uh so this question sort of gets at that question from another angle and the question is the percentage of cannabis consumers who say bud tender recommendations influence their purchase decisions has increased or decreased since 2020. Um, and this came from our friends at brightfield this was their I want to say quarterly survey of thousands of cannabis consumers. They do both Canada and the US um, and they uh, graciously allowed us to share this stat with you all, which I think is really telling and really interesting. So um, audience, feel free to take a guess. Do you think that the percentage of cannabis consumers, this is US, 
who say that they rely on bud tender recommendations or that bud tender recommendations influence their purchasing increased or decreased in the last three years? Daniel's guessing increased. Yeah, and it, it's interesting too. I mean, you know, Guillermo, you alluded to this, you know, you need to make your your in-store um, opportunities, you know, as, as strong as they can. And typically bud tenders are on the front line. So um, it's it's really important to uh, to focus on, on bud tenders and, and your relationship with them. Exactly, exactly. And it's, you know, it's changing. I, you know, I, I would say my guess would be probably decrease on this. Um, just with the emergence of alternative educational methods, you know, content, people are doing their own research. And then some of these states are taking an active approach to educate customers too. So it's a full, it's a full, uh, you yeah, know, it's a, it's a com combined effort. <laughs> yeah. It seems we like have a bartender in the house. Hey, Brianna. We also have a lot of we we've got a lot of folks coming from it from both sides. I'm I'm curious. Um, shall we shall we jump to the answer? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Keeping everyone in suspense. Ooh, it has Ooh. decreased. Eddie and Susan, nice job. You both got it right. It has decreased from 13% in 2020 to 9% in 2023. So I have a question. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think there's a lot more content just yeah. out in the world about cannabis. I think that we're sort of more going the way of like Yelp reviews, whereas people yeah. weren't talking about cannabis online because most people are not anonymous when they're posting on social apps. So they're not necessarily wanting to be completely out there in public with reviewing products. But I think now there's just more there's just more cannabis content to look at. So they're getting information from sources other than retailers. You know, and I think what's interesting here too is, like, you know, right now, relative to the question we just asked, it's it's tied to cannabis consumers, and you know, so even though bud tenders are more often than not, you know, consumers as well, um, I think there's a lot to be said here for when brands and dispensaries, or primarily brands in this case, um, promote their product. They're also promoting it to to bud tenders, right? So the influence is not only on the cannabis consumer, it's also on the bud tender. But I think what Daniel calls out is true. You know, when a bud tender wants to sell it, it sells, you know, because yeah. a lot of folks come in and either they don't know what they want or they're looking for something new. I know my, you know, my shopping habits are get my old favorite and try something new, right? So, uh, yeah. so I rely on bud tenders all the time to learn more about what's new in the store or what they recommend and some are checking out reddit which i love and reddit's anonymous so i feel like that would have some really um honest responses there was a funny post on reddit recently about how cannabis marketing is is like basically stuck in the 90s i gotta dig that up and share it it's pretty interesting i'll send it to you guillermo yeah it i mean it it somewhat is um uh, no i yeah, I think that, you know, to summarize that, it's, it, like you said, it's a combination of education. I do think it's a good thing. Um, you know, customers are getting more sophisticated with their product choices, with their education. You know, it's the evolution of the industry. Like we're not, we're now seeing people choose and stick to the products that they like on a regular basis, right? So 
if you look at the point of sale data and consumers, you see trends and you can, and if, if you see that they're out of trend, you can remind them like, Hey, you forgot that drink that you uh, always buy every week or that joint that you buy every week. Uh, so it's, no, it's great. And, uh, you know, I, like Greenflower Media, Weed Maps, Leafly, I mean, they're all, all these different big platforms. They're all doing their part to educate customers in their own way, whether it's, whether it's more of the compliance side or if it's, you know, it's just looking at which strains are the best right now or the highest THC, which is, you know, another topic of conversation. <laughs> you know, I think Jim makes a really great point too. Uh, it depends on the market, right? So more yep. markets where people have more time involved, I think, I think um, you know, has, has a lot to do with it. You know, I just want to jump to, to the next question in light of time. You know, yeah. how does, um, you know, these days we always, these days we purchase brands because or products because we believe in the brands and the background yep. behind them and the company's ethics. How important is, you know, content marketing and backstories and, and all of those components uh, relative to cannabis marketing? Yeah, I mean, in regards to influencer marketing, uh, <clears throat> you know, it proves to be an impactful um channel despite you know the regulations so influencers contribute to educational advocacy you know help destigmatize through education uh through personal narratives and you know help navigate some of these compliance challenges so leveraging social media uh, on that side to help build communities uh, provide product reviews and advocate for policy changes it's all part of you know this collaboration of brands and community um so you know offering the the different content opportunities while building trust and credibility uh, through your experiences. Uh, but, you know, despite the constraints, influencer marketing has still been a, a valuable tool for resha reshaping um, perceptions and fostering, you know, informed discussions around the, the legal framework of cannabis. So you now we continue to, to create content, to distribute that in, and to ensure that people are educated on their on their path uh, towards using cannabis. <clears throat> um, Eddie dropped a great question that I want to yeah. lob over to you, Guillermo. Yeah. He said, where's the gap with these platforms between standard socials, so we're talking about Reddit and TikTok a little bit, and the Leafly and Weed Maps? Yeah, so Reddit is one of my favorite platforms, personally, you know, just because it is it is a free speech platform, I would say. Like, you can say anything on there. Uh, within reason uh TikTok is the opposite <laughs> you know i'd say it's uh, i don't use it that much just because um it's just personal choice but you know and the the cannabis regulations make it really really challenging to use uh, let's see facebook and instagram i would say are the best channels for organic and just getting getting awareness with cannabis consumers uh, just getting your traditional content out there. Uh, weed maps and Leafly. <clears throat> so it just depends on the market. So if you're on the West Coast, weed maps is probably a, a decent channel you should look at. Uh, there's different ways to use weed maps. You can do the listings. You can do paid advertising. You can, um, you know, you can pro you can upload your brand there. Um, so it just depends if you're on the retail or brand side. 
Uh, Leafly is bigger on education. So anything strain specific, product brand specific, I would really push on that platform to make sure that your reputation, your reviews are, um, you know, they're being responded to on that platform. And I wouldn't forget Jane as well. That's a huge e-commerce marketplace um, that does allow for reviews and user-generated content as well. I believe ERD too. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting. I always think of, um, you know, Leafly and Weed Maps is really, um, you know, platforms that, that brands and dispensaries, more brands than anything really yeah. take to be on. And then, and, and then they geolocate, if you will, where somebody says, hey, where can I find a product that's close to me? And it drives people to find that product in a specific dispensary closely. So yeah. it seems to be, um, I mean, while it is about brand awareness, it seems to be more like th there's one is a passive mode, one, you know, and the other is an active mode. Like I'm looking to consume or I'm looking to purchase now. Where should I go purchase this? That's a, that's a great, um, great way to, to put it. So, you know, when I'm, you have to look at the customer intent. So if they're at the top of the marketing funnel and they're just looking for products, they're, they may look on WeMaps, Leafly, and a bunch of other platforms. Um, and they're just kind of, they're just kind of looking around. Uh, and in most cases, you have to interrupt people with advertising if you're a brand to, to get their attention, right? They're not really seeking you. Uh, but then when customers are ready to buy, the number one place they go is Google. Uh, so they're going to go to Google. Where do I buy weed? Where's the nearest dispensary? Because we've trained customers to go into a retail store and buy. It wasn't until COVID where, you know, the delivery percentage went from, I think, like 20% of orders to some, close to like 50% comes from pre-orders or deliveries. So, you know, we're watching this evolution, you know, not live. And really the last three years, it completely changed the industry and you know the e-commerce menus have all stepped up to accommodate that you know whether it be the curbside drive drive by um, pick up they've adjusted uh, to accommodate that so it's a it's a different um i mean that's how that's how i would put it it's just top of funnel is traditional advertising facebook instagram now, advertising you can do in cannabis Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Pornhub, Traffic Junkie is another one that Weed Maps is advertising on. So that's one if you're comfortable, put positioning your brand there, you can. Yeah. And then where you can't advertise, I mean, you can do on Google if you, depending on which uh, product type you are, like CBD, Delta 9, those you can advertise. Uh, and you may be able to get around some of the restrictions in Google to advertise a retail store, but it's quite limited uh, and it's a little more, it's more expensive nowadays. So if I'm a retailer, I'll just, I'll try to keep it concise here. If I'm a retailer, uh, I would invest in marketing through SEO as my number one. And then I would look at some of these other channels uh, like programmatic advertising, weed maps, uh, Pornhub, Facebook, and Instagram. And if I'm going to, if I have a brand, you can kind of you use the same channels, um, but you may want to look at some uh, direct to consumer uh, product advertising. So as a brand, I would want to advertise on retail menus. So I know Jane does that where I can, you know, Stizzy, I can advertise on ABC dispensary so I can show up at the top of their menu. 
Uh, I'm sure Dutchie is going to come up with something like that soon. And Weed Maps and Leafly already have that. So, you know, it's really, really be um, specific and uh, just precise with where you're, like with your goals and how you're going to achieve those goals. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think the last thing you just said is really important um, because when you think about, are you a brand? Are you a dispensary? Are you um, THC only? Are you CBD? Yeah. Are you Delta nine where now people are uh, purchasing products uh, D to C direct to consumer? Um, yeah. You know, you go to their website, you order it, it gets mailed and shipped directly to you. So, um, so I think it, it behooves everybody in the in the business of cannabis marketing to one take a look at their products and question what their products are and where they fall yeah. into, and then two, what are their goals? You know, are they driving uh, people to a dispensary? Are they looking for brand awareness? Um, these things are super important. Um, yeah. But that said, why don't we jump to, and in light of time, why don't we jump to yeah. audience uh, number two participation? We've touched upon this. A little bit. Um, what percentage of U.S. cannabis consumers say they have no preference for the quantity of THC content in products they purchase? Um, and this is this is quite interesting. I'm curious to see where where the audience uh, this audience. It's your chance to shine. I say that every week. Um, Guillermo, any any thoughts on on this? I would say on the higher side, probably like the 18. Just because you know, when you talk to people outside the cannabis industry, they're not, they don't care about the THC as much. Um, but that's only for one category, right? That's only for flour. <laughs> so. right. you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's, that's the follow-up question to this. What form factor are we talking about, right? You know, because if it's, if it's a beverage, um, you know, typically those are microdose. Um, yeah. You know, so good. That's uh, that's a nuance to this question that uh, most people don't uh, think about. Jim, can you this, co this covers all product categories. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll. I mean, I'll lower to thirteen then. <laughs> Often C thirteen, and Tori's joining you. She says, "My guess is C." Okay. All right. Jim well is guessing B. Hi, Jim. Good to see you again. Hi, Tim. Should we jump to it? Let's see what the answer is. I'm ready. Let's do it. The answer is C. Oh, you killed it. Oh, yeah. nice. So 13% say they have no preference for the quantity of THC content in the product. So, so on the last visit to dispensary, did you look at the THC levels or not? Of course. I actually I don't think it's the only I don't think it's the only thing to look at, yeah, but yeah. I mean if you're gonna be like, hey, I want to take an edible tonight, you want to know if you're going to outer space or just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I've kind of know what I like to use now. It's pretty much like pre-rolls and certain type of pre-rolls, and yeah, they are higher potency because they're infused. Um, but yeah, it just depends on the mood too, right? Like if you are gonna if you're gonna be active. I like a music festival, you might you might not want to use a high THC product. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say the opposite. Well, well, maybe if you're performing, you're DJing, you need to stay, you know, level-headed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's find the right balance, right? You, get, you, you can get here, but if you pass that threshold, then you might not be uh, an efficient human being. <laughs> so. <laughs> looking for the turkeys. That's what I'm looking for. 
but uh, yeah, the flavor. Yeah. Um, well, Guillermo, um, you know, what innovative digital marketing approaches have you seen work well? I mean, are there, is there anything that, you know, as we come to the end of the show, is there anything that you would um, leave, you know, our audience with that they might focus on a little bit more? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, leveraging the sense of exclusivity through limited product drops, I would say it works. You know, Jungle Boys and Cookies, you know, they create anticipation and drive demand that way. Uh, so building the community uh, around the brand, incorporating maybe some celebrity endorsements, emphasizing product quality, uh, and then leveraging social media, uh, especially, you know, for the, for the, for the strain porn, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram specifically is a great way to showcase your products and engage with the audience. Um, and then exploring those partnerships with influencers as, as well that align with your brand. Uh, and then once you do that product drop, I wouldn't leave it there. I would add on um, retargeting campaigns. I mentioned this about building your own customer list. So one list you can build is you pixel them on your website and then you can retarget them with ads. Another list you can build is email, SMS, and push notification list. So build all of those uh, because you know that hype <laughs> is going to die. Uh, and I've spoken with some of these brands before and like, yeah, we see a huge lift when burner post and it, there's a line around the block, but then a month later, two months later, it starts to die down and, you know, you start, you need to start leveraging, you know, customer views on SEO uh, on Google so you can get that long-term benefit, uh, you know, so blending that um, short-term popularity and long-term retention strategies is key. Right on. Guillermo, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your experience and, and what you've done in the industry. Um, I think I think we've really touched upon a lot of uh, uh, you know smart things here today. Where instead of often getting caught up in the tactics and the programs and the platforms, yeah. um, it just really comes back down to like, what do you want to do? You know, what yeah. what's your objective? What are you focused on? What do you want to grow? What do you want to build? And I think those are important questions that we often um, kind of lose because we get caught up in the technology and the platforms. And, uh, and so yeah, just, just look in the mirror. That's all you have to do, right? <laughs> look in the mirror, know who you are as a product and uh, your fit in the market and who your audience is. I mean, it's not, it's not that complicated. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for joining us. We truly appreciate it. And we'll mm -hmm. see you at the next uh, the next cannabis event. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, you can find me uh, at GuillermoBravo.com uh, if you want to kind of subscribe there. I'm going to have a newsletter coming out shortly. And then my company is Ecomara, and that's E-C-O-M-A-R-A.co. And we are focused on e-commerce marketing. So I've I've been doing this forever. It's my passion. I love marketing in general, but cannabis makes it makes it a perfect match. <laughs> and you've been helpful to to not only me, but to so many other people uh, and other brands and other dispensaries that I know of. So um, we we folks here at Branding Bud Live highly recommend Guillermo. So definitely check him out. Um, Thank you, David. Thank you. You're available through LinkedIn as well. So. Yeah. Feel free, everybody, to, to reach out to Guillermo. Yeah, yeah I'm everywhere. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, well, not everywhere, not TikTok. <laughs> so. That could be your 2024 goal. Think about it. <laughs>
Thanks, Guillermo. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you Bye. for having me. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you, David. Thank you. You know, um, David Nardone basically uh, called out my line. The quickest. He stepped on your line, man. You know. But you got to say it anyway. I mean, it won't be the same without that. <laughs> you beat me to it. One David beats the other David out with the same line. Nice. Um, well, um, that was awesome. Um, we thank Guillermo for that. Um, you know, we've got a really great show coming up next week as well. We have um, Thomas uh, Warner and Patrick Toast, who are the uh, co-founders, along with uh, Mina Johnson from High Hopes. Um, and uh, they just recently won a Clio Award. They're going to be chatting about cannabis and e-commerce. And so it's going to be a slightly different take on what we spoke about today. Um, they've got lots of experience. They've been in the industry for 10 years, and they're up to speed on all the latest technology. So a little more of a focus on technology um, next week. Yeah. Which I know we didn't do this intentionally, but I kind of love how the like trajectory of branding bud has been so far. Like we've done a lot of really high level branding episodes and now we're really getting into the nuts and bolts and tactics, which obviously you have to have both to have a successful brand. So I love that we're covering kind of both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. It's important. Strategy first, tactic second, right? So um, if you have, neither of them or one of them you're uh you're you're still lost so it's, it's super important i just also want to call out um we we created some courses again the 14 cannabis brand archetypes and creating a meaningful brand uh we've gotten some great feedback on those we're offering a 25 percent discount for those folks listening on linkedin um and that is bbedu25 so go check those out we've got some really interesting um um content uh, that you'll probably be interested in. And we've gotten great feedback on, as I, I mentioned now, three three times or four times. Um, I'd also like to sponsor, I'd also like to thank our sponsor, High Hopes. Um, again, uh, check them out at I'veGotHigherHopes.com. They do some great uh, work. They work for many of the uh, better known um, cannabis companies, including Curio Wellness, uh, Coast Cannabis, among others. And uh, they've done some really great things. They recently won a Clio Award, uh, which we're super excited about. And then lastly, just to, to call out here, um, for those folks that join us every week, we thank you and, and thank you for participating. But for those folks that can't, and want to listen in or can participate, uh, we also take our show and we put it up on most of the major platforms, including Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Google, and CastBox, so you could listen to us and take us along wherever you are. Um, and uh, we'd love for you to join us there as well. Adriana, anything else? Have a wonderful week, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week, next Thursday, when we're with the founders of High Hopes, talking about um, cannabis and e-commerce. Again, thanks everybody. Don't forget to check out Cannabis's Best Kept Secret at brandingbud.com. Have a great week. See you then.